Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. How are we doing, everybody? Good? Good, good to see you. Ryan, I'm curious, uh, just first off, you've asked you a lot of overarching questions throughout the offseason, but I'm curious, as you've gone through fall camp and now going into the season, what are you confident that this offense is going to do really well? I think that they're going to be able to execute early. Um, I think they're comfortable and probably a little further ahead than I thought they'd be as far as just Base downs, everything that we expect as far as how to control the ball and things like that. I mean, you're pretty um, sideline mechanics, all that stuff. I've been, you know, happy. I know that's boring, but um, I've been happy with how they've been able to progress just on the simple stuff. What did Taj Davis do as well to earn a starting spot? Yeah, Taj, um, it's really a 1A, 1B. I mean, him and JP are going to play a ton. Um, Taj went up and, and uh, really... I thought he upped his stock with how his, you know, is attacking the football the last 10 days of fall camp. I mean, when the ball was in the air, we felt really confident that Taj was going to come down with it. And um, JP really the same, honestly. Those guys, you're going to see a ton of those guys. Taj starting a wide receiver, it, I always say sometimes some positions it doesn't matter who the starter is because you're rotating in packages. Is, why, is that pretty much the deal where the starter doesn't really matter? Oh, correct. I mean, like I said, uh, JP or Taj, I mean, they're both starters in my mind. They're going to play a ton at Z. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's not a – there's plays that one guy does a little bit better than the other guy, and we can personnel those and package those to suit that a little bit for each guy. But um, in the case of those two guys, that they're honestly both starters. I, I don't see really any difference at this point for either one of them. Same at running back? Uh, no, running back's Wayne. Wayne's definitely the starter. He's he's solidified himself as starting tailback, and um, I think CD and and Will, you'll see a ton of both those guys as well. Did you expect Wayne to come in and just take it? Yes. Yeah. I did. Looking at film and all that. Film and and um, that might be hopeful in that statement, just in the sense that we had a belief in the mindset that he would bring and the type of execution to be able to provide, and just, he might be. He might be one of the most mature guys on our football team. And so it means a lot to him. You know, he's he's on his last season. He's been through all the years of being a younger player and how to get on the field and mistakes and how to do it right. And so we just um, – I felt really strong that he'd be able to come in and take that. Now, part of that, too, is that we hadn't, you know, been able to see CD or, or Rich, you know, and some of the older guys that have been here. So um, felt strong that – Wayne was healthy and had a good season and, and uh, was a guy that had been productive in multiple systems and, and that he was going to be able to do that. What have you seen from Will Nixon so far to put him uh, behind Talabama on the depth chart? He is uh, very multiple, you know, which is what we expect out of our tailbacks. Catches really well out of the backfield. Um, I think I mentioned this during camp at one point, but, 
you know, Will does not look like a receiver trying to play running back, which in some ways, you know, uh, Will was a very accomplished running back in high school, both, you know, statistically and when you watch his film. So we felt really confident in that, that he would be able to be a true tailback. Now, Nebraska, I know they had him more as a wideout, um, but we felt like that hybrid of a player would fit us perfectly. And he's done that. He's lived up to those expectations. And, you know, then it really becomes a question of, you know, is he going to be able to be a not just adequate, but a solid, you know, pass blocker? Uh, because we ask our backs to do all three phases. And, and he's done a great job with that. So he's embraced that and gotten way better at that. And um, I think he's made it into something that he's, you know, proud of. And, and his route running ability is fantastic out of the backfield. What kind of split do you see between Nixon and Talapapa going to the Oh, you know, I think, you know, all three of those guys I mentioned, they'll, they'll get equal time. I think it'll be you always run into the situation with tailbacks if somebody gets a hot hand and they're breaking a lot of tackles and um, you just keep feeding them the ball. You know, at the same time, it's a long season and we got to make sure we take care of those guys. Right, speaking of blocking, it's not often where you see a younger player <clears throat> supplant a multi-year starter, but it looks like that's what happened at right tackle. Uh, what did you like about what Roger did? Uh, Roger, I think, is, is one of the more athletic kids we have up front. Um, athleticism and aggressiveness, you know, are, are two of Roger's better attributes. Roger is continually getting better at, you know, I really thought Early in camp, I thought he had a long ways to go. Um, just almost would play irresponsibly at times with his technique and out of control. And, you know, I remember having a conversation with him early in camp and Coach Huff, just if he wasn't able to, you know, get that reeled in, there'd be no reason for him to be out there. So I think he took that seriously. And there's been a lot of competition out there. And um, I think guys like, you know, Mateo is a guy I think is wildly talented. And I think at some point you're going to end up seeing him too. Um, because he's, he's a really good player. On, on that note with the O-line, obviously it's kind of a weird week where Jackson's not able to be involved and you got Troy going to left tackle and Kleppo. How much confidence do you have in that group to be able to be cohesive and execute? They, they've been together quite a bit now. So when you think about spring ball collectively and even fall camp now, um, I got a lot of confidence that you know they're on the same page. We've been able to get um, really a lot of reps in a lot of different formats as far as who's in there at what position. So that part for us has been a huge strength, you know, that we've been able to, you know, get Troy inside reps, outside reps, get Kalepo, you know, repped on the inside and outside, Julius Bilo on the left side, and as well as, you know, the right side with Mateo being a kind of plug and play guy in a lot of different spots to help us out. And, and Corey Luciano has played everything from center to right guard, to right tackle as well. So. Those guys have done a really good job, I'd say, the last week and a half, starting to gel, and um, which is obviously what you want in that last week of fall camp. What's your expectation for the kind of season that, that Michael can have at quarterback coming coming from Indiana and kind of the, the ups and downs and injuries and stuff there and, and, and starting over here? Uh, it, it's high. You know, I, I think our expectations and, and what we put out there for what the quarterback position in general needs to be are – our high standards period, you know, regardless of who the starter is. And, um, you know, luckily for Mike, he's, he's been through that, you know, and understands what those expectations look like. And, and really, I think it's, it's more about managing that with him um, because he knows what the potential is of having a good season in this offense. And, 
And how much that honestly, how much it correlates with the quarterback position, you know, and, and we will ebb and flow with how that guy's doing. And um, we'll obviously make, you know, adjustments to be able to make up for or, or accentuate as he plays better or worse or whoever's in there. And that's always been the expectation. But for, for him, I think Mike is um, one of his best attributes, you know, is he has, he is such a cool customer. You know, he's been down through it, you know, the good and the bad and had some really high notes and, you know, toughed out and been a warrior through some really tough injuries in his life. And and that's one of the things that I admire most about Mike is he's got a warrior mentality. And I think that that, you know, when he's able to come out there and show you that he can make the plays and be excited, but still have, you know, a calm demeanor. Uh, that's, I think, what makes a good quarterback. For those that have never seen him play, and there's going to be some Husky fans on Saturday that have never seen Michael Pax play snap. How would you describe him as an athlete? Is he a, is he a, is he a Tom Brady? Is he a Peyton Manning? Is he a Michael Vick? Where does he kind of fall in line on? He's none of those. <laughs> <laughs> he's none of those in, in the meaning that he's not Michael Vick with how he runs, and, and he's definitely not a statue back there. I think he's a, a very, very capable runner. He's an outstanding athlete. If you saw him on the basketball court, he'd, he'd go out there and stand under the rim and you know, dunk it behind his head with no problem. He's very explosive. Um, I think he's more sudden than people realize. Uh, but what I've always liked about Mike, you know, even when he was playing for Coach DeBoer at Indiana, is he's a true quarterback. He, he's not going to see pressure and think, how do I get out of here and run? He's going to think about how he can accomplish the, the play. and and be a threat with his arm. So he is a pure thrower in that sense, but he's also a ball player. He will get out of there and he'll have the guts to make the play he has to. You mentioned when he got here, taking a really close look at his injury history and how best to, to sort of manage that type of thing going forward. Do you do you feel good about where you're at there and kind yeah. of how he's looked that way? Yeah, I think uh, Mike's done a great job of trying to be proactive. And, you know, ultimately that's what it is, is, is the preservation of the season for him is, trying to build himself into something that he hasn't been in a long time, you know, feeling really strong and whole and not nursing anything going into game one. And that's where he's at. He's he's as strong as he's been in years, you know, and I think probably our strength staff and training staff is probably tired of hearing from me. Um, I'll send them videos and articles and, hey, I've seen this for shoulder and spine stability. What do we have to do to get this? I mean, it's never ending, and that's really what I want for those those guys, all of them, not just Mike, but finding ways to make them, you know, as durable as possible. And, and he's really chased that. He's done a nice job. Do you script opening a couple of series or go by feel? And then with Michael, how much discretion does he have on, uh, you know, check downs, you know, at the line of scrimmage and changing plays? Uh, I do have an opening series. Um, uh, they're just openers. It's not necessarily in order. Um, there's a couple plays that I like to get us started and rolling, and once we're off and running, then um, it's based off of you know how we feel moving forward. And then for Mike, um, you know, I, I think he'll continue to grow in that role, but he's already pretty diverse in that as far as being able to check plays and. And we'll continue to build off that. But he absolutely, there are plays in there that he'll have to make a decision, A or B. Um, and then there's some plays where I won't put that on his plate and I'll do it myself. With, with that QB room, the depth chart, Dylan and Sam are listed as or number twos. Are, are they truly co-number twos or how do you kind of treat that situation? Yeah, going, going into a game, it, it would not be an or situation. I would never put a guy in that, in that place. Um, so going into a game week, 
I'll clearly establish who the two is so that the guys know moving forward, hey, this is my role. Um, and then there's no question marks either with the reps because what you don't want is a guy to get out to practice and he's like, I thought I was the two and, and so on. So the Lions share the two reps have been Dylan's and he is the two going into the game. Uh, Sam has also been repping um, and, and will be expected to know the offense in its entirety. But um, yeah, I think you have to. You got to lay that out. Otherwise, the guys won't know what's um, what the expectation is. Right, as a play caller, just a game planner, do you like to tailor what you do around the strength of like the starter, or do you like to generally know because you, you just never know who might end up being in the game? Yeah, th that's a great question. I think that you have to tailor it around, you know, the offense as an entirety. So there's going to be things that you go into the game knowing that Mike does really well. Um, and I don't feel like there's anything if Dylan had to come in for a series that it's like, well, he can't not do this. You know, I think the, the major thing is the obvious part is the right and left-handed piece. You know, there's some ball handling things and things like that that you have to take into consideration for both guys and for the offense to make sure it works both ways. Uh, so it's more of that, honestly, than anything. The rest of the stuff, I don't think there's any, you know, plays that I, man, I would never call this unless Mike was in the game. And following up on the right-left piece, does that, does your offensive line change at all because of that? No, no, we haven't. Um, those, those are discussions, I think, if you, if you have more flexibility, you know, down the road, you can talk about those things. But we we haven't we haven't adjusted at all. Nope. Right. Are you calling plays from the booth? Upstairs? Yes. You are. Yes. Talk about why some good guys like doing it from the sideline. Why do you prefer to be upstairs? Yeah, I've done it uh, before in my career from the sideline, and and uh, I guess just my personality. I, I know what it feels like and the thought processes you have to go through as a play caller, and all those decisions that were on the call sheet were made in. Uh, um, a sterile environment, you know, quiet, you know, decisive, and and that's how you want to make that. And there's still going to be emotions, and I still get excited and stuff like that up in the box. But removing yourself from what's going on down there, I think, is is wise in my opinion, offensively, where you know you're just you're in an environment where you can control because even the coaches on the sideline. I mean, you guys have all seen Coach Shepard at practice. You know, we're going to have to keep everything, uh, you know, moving forward. And that's what you want. You want those guys to be able to bring energy and, and you be able to bring the calm, decisive decision-making to the, to the whole system. Have you had a moment to reflect? You've had a really long career and now you're at the Power Five level. Have you, have you had a chance to think about that, that it's going to unfold here on Saturday? No, we'll... We'll check that out after the season. But, uh, no, I mean, it, it's been – I think it's amazing to me, honestly, when you get to a different level, whether it's Division two to FBS or 1AA to mid-major, whatever it is, I think when you get into the work, it's it's amazing to me how, how like it is. You know, you, you still have seasons and you have part of the season that you have to get through and a preparation process that you got to go through and then – Every time you get to an off season, you think of another way you can make that process better. And hey, I've seen this. This could be better. Let's refine that. And it's just uh, you know a constant process that you know doesn't really necessarily change. I think you know in my eyes, the biggest difference or the obvious difference is the recruitment process and the resources and the you know attention to each one of those guys. I think is is a little bit different. That'd be the main thing. But the X's and O's and um, the ability to adjust to that is is the biggest thing. I asked, you, I asked you that because 
on the video that they released that was pretty good yesterday, I think Morrell said, you know, we've had the system and we've thought about it. We've thought about taking it up to that next level. And, and that's why I asked you that question. Yeah. Yep. Ryan, what kind of leader is Michael? Mike is uh, his own kind of man. And I, what I mean by that is he is he's reserved. And uh, he's the kind of guy that I think where Mike is at his best is pulling a guy aside one-on-one. -on -one. And he's able to just relate to and talk to his teammates. Um, the guys will see some fire from him at times. But he's a pretty reserved kid, you know. And I think that the way he leads is he, he loves interaction um, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, small groups, things like that. And then when he has to step up and be the leader in front of the guys, you know, everybody's listening because it's not something he does, you know, every second of the day. So the guys, you know, when Mike steps in front of the group, I think they see that he's, you know, ready to go. And I think the other piece as far as Mike being a leader that guys relate to is they listen because they know Mike's story. They know the experience, the big games he's played in, the things he's had to overcome. Uh, the type of preparation that it takes to put into a football season. So I think Mike brings a lot of experience, and, and the guys see that and they feel that. And he's he's just a really genuine guy. You know, that's that's what I've always liked about Mike. Is just you know he's the same guy every day, and and the guys know what to expect, and he knows the things he's he's continuing to work on and get better at. But um, he, he's consistent. Ryan, how much of would you? I guess what I'm trying to ask if you think of yourself as an innovator offensively. There's some coordinators, you watch them call plays and you see stuff you never seen before that they come up with, and it's sometimes a hybrid. Would you, are you going to see stuff out of you that we've never seen before? I mean, would you call yourself an innovator offensively? Oh, I, I think every play caller in some ways is an innovator, and I, I think um, to ask your question without dodging it too much, I think you have to be if you want to be great. And I think about Nick Saban. You know, and I think that's one of the things that, that Saban has done such a great job of over the years is there's things, you know, personality-wise you see with Coach Saban that are not, they're immovable. But when you watch schematically what he does offensively, I realize he's not the coordinator, but he continues to move with the game. And he knows as a defensive person, like, you got to stay one step ahead of these guys. They're going to adjust, and this was really hot last year, and you're going to have to make an adjustment to make that better. And I think that that's one of the things, you know, I'd tip my hat to him is, you know, some guys, they get stuck, and this is what we're going to do, and that's all we're going to do, and, and they can't move with the game. And, and he's always been able to do that. So I think that, you know, anybody that's, you know, worth their salt has to, you know, otherwise – if you don't give them a different look or a different picture defensively, it just looks the same and their ability to react and defend that play is just going to be um, a disadvantage to you. Is there an obvious take the top off a defense receiver on this team that... Yes. Rome. Okay. Yep. Clear-cut number one guy in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think Jalen McMillan can do the same thing at any point, but Rome is, is certainly that guy. Ryan, I was curious... You know, looking at connections between Coach Lewis and Coach DeBoer, it looks like it goes back maybe in a decade. Um, how far back when you look at those types of things to see what the other side might be doing in terms of innovating and things like that? How far back will you go? Oh, as far back as necessary. Um, you know, for us this year, defensively, they obviously have a new defensive coordinator who was at Northern Iowa since, I believe, 2007. So there was quite a bit of information there where he was at one place with a defensive head coach. And, 
you know, proved to be a pretty multiple guy that would, uh, you know, make adjustments and, and be different from week to week so that, you know, we have to stay on our toes. So I think, you know, when you're looking at a situation like this, you're going to have to confirm some things, you know, and so you got to go back a year, you got to go back two years. Um, I can remember playing Todd Graham when he was at Hawaii for the first time in three years and hadn't coached and you're trying to piece it all together. And so sometimes the piece of the puzzle isn't very hard. It's been there for a while. And sometimes you got to really think like, okay, who are the assistant coaches that are coming in with this defensive coordinator? Um, for Kent State, their D-line coach is still there, their linebacker coach. They bring in a new corners coach and new coordinator. So how does that all mesh together, right? So you have to do a little bit of investigative work. And if you don't like what you see, you got to keep digging until you find what you want. This, this might be a difficult question to answer, but historically speaking, I know you have to do that kind of due diligence. But I'm curious as to how successful do you feel like that due diligence has paid off, especially in a, in a week one game? Well, I think it always pays off. I think that there's going to be things that you confirm and you're going to see right away in the first quarter. And uh, just like any good coach, there's going to be stuff that we've never seen. They're going to have a look or a coverage scheme or a pressure that we didn't rep one time um, because it's a new look for them. And uh, you just have to have confidence in your system that you have the ability to adjust knowing the base structure or what they're trying to do or how they're trying to influence you. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. <clears throat> you got rid of the beard. I did. You understand beard problems. Barbecue sauce becomes a problem. So. Actually, it was. So we had, a, we had we actually had a player barbecue the other night uh, at uh, Coach Juice's house, and uh, uh, I dumped a bunch of barbecue sauce in it and couldn't handle it anymore. So if you ever had a beard, you know what the issues are. So honey, mustard, mayonnaise, at some point, all that stuff becomes an issue. So, so is Ulamuale ready to go? Yeah, you know, he's got a, he's got a, a, a big week ahead of him. Uh, we feel pretty strongly he's on track, and, and uh, you know, we got to make sure we're you know, being smart, um, you know, in terms of how and when we're bringing him back, but he's certainly working back into things now. With Elijah Jackson and Desmond McCutcheon listed as or on the roster, what kind of progression have you seen from Dyson McCutcheon specifically this fall to kind of rise up the depth charts? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think the thing about Dyson coming in as a young player, you know, there's so there's such a big learning curve, I think, for a lot of young guys, and especially uh, when they haven't been on the field at all, a new system or not a new system, and just adapting to the game speed. And I think the the true benefit of what we get to do every day is we get to face some, some really top-level receivers. And, you know, what you, what you look at is, you know, are you willing and able to compete, you know, with the top guys that our offense throws at us every day. And if you are on a regular basis, it's always a positive sign. 
But the guy like Dyson, I know that the previous staff recruited him to be a nickel, to play in the same style as some of the guys that had come before him. Is it just an interesting situation where he's playing corner now, but maybe he thought he was coming in for a different spot? Well, you know, we ask our guys to be versatile. I mean, I think that's the, the net benefit when you have guys that can flip back before between, you know, a nickel spot, corner, uh, field safety. You've got to have some, you know, diversity and the ability of guys to play multiple positions, especially when you get into sub packaging. And so I think there's several guys on our in our back half that can play multiple positions for us. And I think you'll see that throughout the course of the season. I was curious how close Devon Banks was to, to cracking them. Yeah, no, D, D Banks is doing great. You know, I think um, obviously showing up still making a lot of plays, um, being very aggressive, uh, playing with speed and tempo, and and there's no doubt that we got confidence in him as well as a young player. Frank, what do you think this defense will be really good at from the opener? Just attacking. I mean, I think that's been our entire focus the entire time. And, and uh, like I said, again, uh, credit to our offense. We got Our offense challenges us in a lot of different ways from a formational standpoint and, and some of their actions and plays that they run. And so, you know, we've asked our guys to be able to be assignment sound while being aggressive. And, um, you know, fortunately, we've been able to see a ton of pictures here leading up to the first game. So, you know, number one thing is we got to be playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And I feel like we got some guys up front that can definitely do that. Jake, um, I'm curious, you, you've been asked like a bunch of times this fall camp about run defense and, and, and for good reason considering what happened last season, but what has made Kent State so productive as a run offense and, and what do you see that gives you guys challenges? Creativity. You know, I think that's the number one thing that, that pops off the page. You talk about an offensive staff that's been together for a while, had a lot of success statistically. You know, look at their national rankings in the run game, and it's really impressive. And, you know, I think the thing that they do a great job of is they keep everybody involved, and, and the quarterback's always going to be a threat. They always have an RPO going on with a quarterback run, with, you know, gap schemes and zone schemes. And, you know, it's just it's incredibly creative and, and high-level run game stuff. And so I think the challenge is, you know, for our guys up front, you've got to be super for assignment sound, it just takes you back to thinking all the way back in the day when veer option used to be the big thing. I mean, everybody's got a job to do on every play, and um, literally a small mistake can turn into a big play. And so we really challenge our guys leading up to this game that everybody's got to make sure they're taking care of their job. You released a depth chart today. Um, can you? I know you're going to rotate guys in. Who are some guys not listed as starters that you can expect to see quite a bit of? Well, you look at our linebacking core. I think you know there's there's we feel really good about the two deep in there. Um, you know, Chris Mole is a guy that, that there's no doubt he's made a lot of progress. He's still got you know a little ways to go here yet, but I think you know from a packaging standpoint, you'll see him on the field. Feel good about Carson Bruner stepping on the field at any time. You know, between uh, you know our defensive ends, I, if we feel really good with our defensive end crew. You know, you look at uh, you know between Trice and ZTF and 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 um, you know Saf Smalls has had a good camp and Jeremiah Martin. So, you know, I really feel like there's there's several positions where, and especially in the, fa the face of what we're going up against this first week, I mean, the, this is a team that's got gunning to run 100 plays. Um, and so whether you're 1A or 1B, um, really in my mind is irrelevant because we need production out of everybody that steps on the field. Coach, uh, Scott Huff said that the edge uh, play during camp was the best he had seen since he'd been here. Do you feel that they are... Because you're playing against each other, so I mean, it, do you feel like they are 
they've elevated their play? There's no doubt. You know, I think Coach Schmidt's done a fantastic job with those guys, and 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 there's some there's some inherent talent there that that's there, and some work ethic level. Um, you know, I look at uh, guys. You always think about guys that are man. They never leave the building. I think Braylon Trice. I don't know if he ever goes home. You know, that's how invested some of these guys are, and and so it's not a shock when they're when their production levels you know really high, and and I think it's been fun to see the challenge between our O line and D line on a daily basis, and you know, like I said, with, with all of our positions, iron sharpens iron. And same way that the receivers challenge the DBs, I think D line and O line, the competition level there every day. Guys, guys got a lot of pride. They're not going to want to let uh, the guy on the other side get the best of them, and I think that's a that's a net benefit to us. So you talk about the the, the type of offense Kent State runs. And then you look at a guy like Dominique Hamper. Philosophically wise, is this maybe the reason why you went Husky and went for a more hybrid uh, safety linebacker type to play close and to maybe either spy the quarterback or get after an active guy like Yeah, that? well, I think Dom's very unique. I mean, I think he's got an incredible skill set. You're talking about one of the strongest and fastest guys on the team, and he's sitting there weighing, you know, 200. 20, 225 pounds. And so, you know, I think it's a great weapon for us in terms of game planning where we can move him around and put him in multiple spots, um, have him be physical off the edge, but still, you know, walk out and cover up on slot receivers. I mean, there's there's not a lot of guys that have the ability to do both of those things. And so I think we're fortunate to to have his skill set right now and, and super high confidence in him being an impact player on Saturday. Is it fair to assume Cam Wright's making the checks, lining guys up, and just running the yeah, game? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Cam, you know, very veteran, incredibly veteran player. Um, you know, kind of working through in the spring, and, I, and it's just, it's really impressive to me to see that veteran of a guy make as big a jump as he made during fall camp. You know, I think sometimes when you think guys are getting into their fourth, fifth, sixth seasons, um, they kind of are what they are, but his growth rate here through the, I think the second part of fall camp has been fantastic. I mean, super assignment sound, uh, being explosive, making plays, running sideline to sideline. Um, there's no doubt he's, he's going to make plays when it comes to to Saturday. How hard is it making those adjustments out there that he's expected to? I, you know, I think we challenge our linebackers all the time. I mean, they've got to run. I mean, they, they've got to run the the front and make sure we're on point. And there's certain looks that we want to get into based off of certain pictures. Um, but we also, I think it's our job schematically as coaches to make sure we don't overcomplicate it because at the end of the day, we got to let guys like him play fast. And, and I think we've certainly done that a little bit, but also just the trust in him and how he's developed here uh, over the course of fall camp. I mean, there's there's no doubt that he's going to get us in the right spots. Chuck, you haven't coached Jason Turner until now, but what have you noticed from a progress perspective from the player he was the last couple of years versus the guy he is now? Yeah, and 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 I'll, and I'll I think I've probably mentioned this before. I, you know, we've we've really focused on taking every um, young man. Then when we when we stepped in here in the in the spring and. And I really set everything else aside. I don't, you know, the history and, and everything behind him, he has shown me nothing but passion for the game, uh, incredible aptitude to learn and process information, um, has been on the field every day, hasn't missed a single second of any practice, anything we've done. Um, another guy never leaves the building, you know, I think. Uh, so my confidence level in him right now is, is, is extremely high. I mean, I really think he's going to be a veteran-savvy player. Uh, he runs a show from the back. 
back half, he's talking through, you know, linebackers, corners, the nickel. I mean, he's talking through everybody and making sure everybody's on the right page. And I just saw this, you know, the other day in practice. I mean, he's calling out plays as the as guys are seeing formations and, and Kent State plays for the very first time. He's calling them out the first time. So that's the level of detail that he's putting into his game right now by studying and prepping and making sure he's ready to go on a daily basis. Alex Cook taught us that he's learning to use his body which I guess to me means he's playing physical, right? Is that what that means to you? Is he, is he playing a physical yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's incredibly physical. I mean, he is, um, you know, there's guys that you talk about in the secondary, you know, one of the questions you always talk about in recruiting is do they see contact? You know, are they willing to run down there and, and put their face on something? And, um, you know, AC is a guy that will run to the ball and bring some thunder with it. Um, and so, you know, I think it's at times controlling the aggression. You got to be smart as a safety. I mean, our safeties are going to be highly, highly involved in, in stopping a run game, obviously. But, um, you know, we got to also make sure that we keep it in check a little bit, too. But, you know, there's another guy that I, I just pulled him on the sideline the other day and said, man, I can't believe you. You're sixth year. And the jump for him between spring and right now, I, he's not even the same guy to me. I mean, he's made a lot of progress. And to see a six-year guy make progress like that, man, that's awesome. What did you mention the linebacker two deeps? And you actually got five guys in those two deeps. And, and Daniel Hanguli, what has he done to, to take strides? And kind of where do you sort of see where he's yeah, at? Yeah, Daniel's been more consistent. I think that's always kind of been an issue in terms of schematic consistency for him. He's a, he's a very aggressive player, extremely aggressive, um, which is great. And you love that defensively. Uh, but also, we got to get guys going in the right direction. I think so. You know, the biggest the biggest jump for, for Daniel has been his consistency to here during fall camp, you know, less. Um, you know, mental errors or, or missed assignments, and, and that's certainly elevated his position standing in the room. What have been some of the get on the depth chart kind of raise the profile on camp? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's time. You know, I think it's time for him. And, and uh, um, you know, first of all, he's got great range, great athleticism. And for a young player, he's got excellent football IQ. And so, you know, there's a lot of confidence, you know, right now that, you know, although he's going to have to take his first snaps here at some point. So I think as a position coach, you're always a little nervous the first time. And this this is your whole coaching career. The first time your guy, you know, a guy steps on the field, you got a little bit of nerves for him because you want him to, you know, not try to do too much, let the game come to him. But, you know, Vince has had a, had a really strong, consistent camp and I feel great about all the safeties. You know, I think Cam Williams had a, had a strong second half of camp, camp here too. I treat him just like a starter, just like Asa and AC. And so there's a lot of confidence in those guys. John, you back. Um, is he 100%? Is he on a pitch count? Yeah, you know, with this, that week, this week will kind of determine where things end up with him. Chuck, you, you have... Um, uh, Martin at one one side uh, as an edge rusher and and ZTF sharing the job uh, at least on paper with Trice are those guys interchangeable on each side are there different responsibilities and is, is Martin ahead of the other two guys well no I, th I think it is that you know to, to answer your question they can be interchangeable but there's specifically a role that they have have to play I mean I think sometimes you get up going against tempo and certain formations they're able to do either job but you know there's certainly a, a tone that we want to set to the field side um, that's where Jeremiah is playing most of the time right now and, and and he is a you know physical son of a gun I mean he'll come out and be hyper aggressive and set the edge um, but also you know there's there's no doubt that we're going to have times where we're trice and ZTF are going to be on the field together we've got a lot of different you know sub packaging combinations where you know there'll be different combinations of those guys on the field
What are the do you play in rotations or do you play by feel and when you go to your second game? You have to come in. I think you always come in with game plan rotations on total number of snaps, especially walking into the game that we're talking to, you know, talking about again with a, uh, an offense that's literally trying to snap the ball with, with 22, 23 seconds left on the clock. And so we'll game plan rotations early on. I think, you know, you say, hey, this guy's going to take the third series. This guy's going to take the fourth series. And then you get a feel for how guys are producing on the field. And then it, then after that point, then things kind of settled in. Chuck, during your Fresno days, was there is there an offense that you had faced that was similar in, in terms of speed? In terms of how fast, how yeah, fast flash. they're playing, yeah. you know, probably not to not to that degree. But the thing I think, you know, again, I go, I'm giving, geez, man, I'm giving our offense a lot of credit here. But our offense is plays fast, man. So we get that stuff every day in camp, and and uh, I think that that does as good a job as as preparing us as anything is. You know, Coach DeBoer's philosophy, Coach Grubb's philosophy. We're going out every day in practice. We're running a lot of plays, and guys got to be prepared. Just just consistency. Um, and then I think the second piece that he's really grown in is leadership. You know, there's no way that you can't you can be a Mike linebacker and not be a vocal guy, not put not point everybody in the right direction, not make sure everybody's on top of their job. And I think his his growth as a leader has been as, as important as his growth as a player. And I think he's been fantastic here during camp. Chuck, I don't know if anybody's been asked this year, but what's it like working for Kalen? Is he a, is he a yeller? Is he a yeah. kind of stare you down and get the oh, what's yeah? He's, he's a hard ass. <laughs> he's sitting back there, so now I I uh, you know Kalen's demeanor. Um, it's. You know, the thing you can appreciate as an assistant coach, and I think that's why you find a lot of the guys that are here working for Kalen, is just the consistent approach and demeanor that he has. Guys want to work for him. Um, and I think when you feel that sense of responsibility uh, to the head coach, that's going to make you want to make sure you're doing your damnedest every single day you walk in the building. And I think that's the level of respect that, you know, a lot of this coaching staff has for him. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I know you guys have heard a lot uh, from the coordinators already. I think it's good uh, to hear from them. Uh, you can hear more in depth uh, in regards to the specific questions you have. But uh, finally, game week. And it uh, feels good. feels good. I think we're in a really good place uh, mentally, in particular, health-wise, too. Um, you know, really all the starters that you see uh, listed, um, I mean, they're in a good place uh, body-wise, and uh, they're ready to go lay it out there. Um, you hear you hear us and, and the things that we know we got to be ready for with uh, probably the biggest thing would be the tempo, you know, and the run game uh, that Kent State has and, um, you know, adjusting to uh, a new coordinator on defense. Although we have film and everything from his previous stop, you know, we got to be ready for uh, some new things there. So. Um, just, uh, you know, got uh, Mondays are an off day for us. And so that's typical every week. And so we'll go a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
um, you know, in practice. And uh, a Friday will be a, a, a run-through is what we call it. We call it a run-through. So it's not physical. Um, we're just out there in T-shirt and shorts. Um, it's a fast-paced walk-through and uh, going through situations. And uh, we have a, a mock game especially in regards to the special teams that we go through to make sure all the, the different units uh, know the depth chart and, um, you know, we'll roll through that. So that's what the week looks like. So questions? Uh, what, are, what are some of the biggest things that you guys do over the course of the season to make sure your guys are staying healthy? Yeah, I think that's um, that's something I think our guys have really appreciated. Um, and I mean, it's, there's there's so many things. Uh, you guys that have been out to practice, you see the ice baths, you know, and um, we won't do it to this the same way once the season starts. Um, we have, you know, ice baths also inside here. Um, and, you know, what happens is guys get into class schedules. You know, we, we're a morning practice team. And so they'll come in throughout the day after class, between classes, and do the same things as far as recovery. But it won't all be out there. Um, and I understand the first few weeks here, we don't have games, but just some logistical things and stuff like that that come into play. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, the guys have really bought into that and believe in it. Their bodies feel better. Um, there's some things that our strength and conditioning staff do, does before before practices. Um, yesterday, uh, we spent about 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, Ron McKeefrey spoke. Ben Kramer spoke, who's our sports science uh, head of sports science, and then uh, Ali also spoke uh, with nutrition, and uh, we laid out what we what we do before practice and the little tweaks. Now that we're in the season, what that looks like. Uh, afterwards, we talked about the last 48 hours leading up to a game and uh, the details that we need them to to really be on top of, uh, especially nu nutrition and hydration wise. Um, all those things, uh, I think they've been going on year long. So our our players understand exactly, you know, for example, how many carbs they need to be taking whether they're a receiver or a quarterback, that's a different number. And Allie does an amazing job of being detailed and she's up there educating them while they're eating uh, in the training table every single day. And uh, I think that's different uh, from what it's been for them. It's been a, a learning curve uh, that started way back in January. And at the time, I think they thought it maybe was a little over the top. And now that they're seeing the difference that it makes, um, they're really understanding. And, you know, um, you know, any injuries that uh, could have prevented those ways, I think uh, um, they've seen that it's been really helpful. You've worked with Coach Greg for a long time. You know, with him up in the booth, you on the sidelines with the play calling. How involved do you get in it? Do you override them? Do you actually make any of the calls or what's your role? Yeah, I, I just know that uh, when a play caller is in a rhythm, you have to stay out of his way. And um, what we, when we do most of our talking is in the downtime. You know, once a series starts, unless if there's a, a penalty that takes some length of time or instant replay, um, you know, or a timeout, obviously, um, when, when that rhythm's happening, um, there's got to be 100% focus on on uh, on him unless he's asking for a certain situation. I'm giving him, you know, what, what my feelings are about uh, possibly going for it on fourth down, and I'm trying to do that early and second and for sure by third down. And uh, as we move into different parts of the field and as those situations happen there's a little bit of dialogue we're very efficient just because we've been together uh, I think in that communication um, but you know in between series uh, you know uh, I'll uh, give him some time to talk to the staff 
um, kind of process my thoughts. And I'm making notes during the series uh, while we're on offense as well. And uh, really just, uh, you know, I'm back with the defense for a little bit, watching them out on the field. And when I know he's ready, uh, I'll flip over and, you know, ask him what he's thinking and then add my comments and my thoughts. Um, you know, you, you just uh, when you've done it together for so long um, and he makes it his, he makes it his. He's not the exact same play caller, but it falls in lines with what we know is a recipe for winning football games. But um, I think you got to be really careful. You can't be having, uh, even if it's me, you know, you can't be having a lot of voices. And uh, I definitely don't want to influence something uh, when he's got a set path he's going for the next play or two and what that sequence looks like. And every dot drive is its own drive. So I think it's, uh, it's me understanding what, uh, what, I th- what I know is important uh, for that, that tempo, that rhythm of a play caller to have um, and letting him do that. Kaylin, you, you were hired on November 29th, I think it was. Um, has it felt like a, a whirlwind to get to this point of, of a game week, or has it felt like a long time to get to this point? So I just sent a text off uh, to, to someone here this morning, and um, you know that text was, uh, man, it seems like it's, uh, I'm trying to remember how I worded it. It was, it's gone really fast, but when you think about how much you've done in that time, it's been a little bit of a grind too. And uh, you know, that's just uh, goes along with our philosophy. If you just take care of the most, everything you can today, and then you do the same thing tomorrow, and then the next day, it's amazing when you just pile up those days, uh, how far you can come from December 1st um, until, you know, the end of, uh, of workouts before spring ball. And then you put, you know, 30 days or so of spring ball together and just grind every single day, whether it be the coaching staff, what you're doing recruiting wise, the players and their strength conditioning, the players and then uh, them understanding our schemes. Um, but it's, it's great. It feels different. Um, I, I could hear the band outside my office uh, getting uh, getting ready, you know, and that felt like uh, a game atmosphere right there this morning. Uh, and so uh, we're excited, but there's been a lot of work that's gone into this, and uh, I'm excited to see our guys, you know, reap the rewards of it. Yeah, it's been obvious from the start that Chris Peterson's a fan of yours. He's vouched for you. He was at the press conference when you were hired. How much do you guys still talk, and how much have you had a chance to even pick the brains of other Husky head coaches that have been here throughout the years? It's funny you ask because that text message I'm talking to was to Chris. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> excuse me. He's been amazing. He's, uh, first of all, I mean, I've, I said it from the beginning, you'd be foolish not to take the insight and, uh, you know, any information he has to share um, and and, uh, and learn from it. But um he uh, he loves this program. He loves, you know, obviously the players that uh, he knows still uh, that uh, are in it uh, that he recruited, uh, which there's still a high number of those. And so um, he is a great source. And I, you know, I, I just know over the different places I've been, um, you know, a Pat Hill and a Jeff Tedford when I was at uh, Fresno the last couple of years. I mean, those guys, um, you know, Pat in particular was around practice daily, you know, and um, I mean, Chris has just been a great source uh bouncing things off of and uh yeah that there was text messages going back and forth even this morning so um he's always welcome around here uh he knows that and uh i appreciate him uh to a very very uh, high level once you see roger rosengarten grow in camp it sounds like there was a moment in which he's just stopped around and just uh 
Coach Grow, they kind of just clicked where he kind of got more fine-tuned in camp. Just have you, how much have you seen him grow in camp? Yeah, I think he's just continued to stay the course, you know. Um, uh, I heard athleticism from Coach Grubb, you know. Um, I mean, I think he's a smart player. Um, he's got a mindset you like from an offensive line standpoint where, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's going to get after you. Um, he's a finisher. He's got a little bit of that, uh, you know, um, bulliness to him when he's playing in between the lines. He's the nicest guy and funniest guy off the field. But, uh, man, he, he loves the game. So I think he just stayed the course. I think he kept getting better. Um, we saw what his we see what his potential still is, and uh, you know he he's doing a nice job. You know, just consistent every day. Caleb mentioned there looks like a, you guys go back. You and Coach Lewis go back to your days. I think even a decade ago, like Southern Illinois days. What are your do you have any recollections of those battles between Southern Illinois, Eastern Illinois, and and also just your thoughts on him as a coach? Yeah. Um, I told the defensive staff's been hearing about it since this summer, you know, and I told the team this the other day. I said, I've seen this offensive system three times in person um, in 2012 and 13 uh, when Coach Lewis was uh, at Eastern Illinois. And then uh, also the coordinator was at San Jose in 2017. And um, for sure, the two games uh, back when uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo was running the show for for them, um, it, it's the fastest offense I've ever seen in person. Now, the rules have changed a little bit. Um, and so I think that's part of where it's slowed down. Um, but just the systematic things and some of the unique things they do, spreading you from sideline to sideline. And um, you always think throw, 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 you know, and you guys are well uh, in tune to, you know, it's a it's a it's a running strength that they have in their offense and they have a quarterback that he's new um, to he's new as a starter but he's been in the program for multiple years this is not new as far as you know what he's trying to, to figure out uh, you know and his legs uh, and the ability to extend um, is certainly something we got to be ready for you know and you, if you're not assignment sound as coach Morrell said um, he's gonna be taken off on you so the stop in the run game um, um, is, is certainly a big piece of that getting lined up, but that tempo um, and Coach Lewis has done an awesome job. You know, he's in his fifth year, and there's a few different guys on the staff there that I've had many acquaintances. In fact, the old line coach I worked with uh, for one year at Southern Illinois, um, Coach O'Boyle. So different guys I've uh, I've followed them um, even that system when I was at Eastern Michigan we never played them but uh, followed them uh, followed them they were on the other half of the conference followed their offense and um, it was always something you were taking note because they were putting up big numbers so um, you know it's a, it's a unique and it's it's you know about them running as many plays as they can as fast as they can Morrell also said that he feels like you guys are well prepared for it because of, of what you guys are trying to do offensively as well. Can you talk about some of the things that, that you've maybe tried to do to, to simulate that or, or to... Well, I, I think for us offensively is what we do is we change the tempo. And what you have to get ready, what you have to be prepared for defensively is the fastest tempo, right? And so when our offense is playing and changing the tempos and, and gearing into that fast tempo, 
they, they got to be ready and they have to assume and expect it every single play as a defense. So um, I think from a Kent State standpoint, it's probably more of that fast tempo um, than what uh, than what we probably show every day in practice. Um, but there's still enough of those plays throughout the course of a, a day or a week where, uh, you know, our defense has had a lot of reps lining up quickly, getting the calls and executing. When you mentioned that tempo, this was a team last year that I think struggled in terms of wearing down physically at times on the stretch. And you guys have addressed that with strength conditioning, with nutrition, a hundred different ways. How confident are you in just this ability, this team's ability to physically last in, in second halves and against tempo teams that, that, that do that kind of thing? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, that, that's, I guess we'll find out, you know, I, I mean, I'd like to think I know that uh, we're in a better position. Um, this team will test us uh, that way for sure. Um, defensively, you know, we'll rotate and, uh, you know, do that, uh, especially up front. You guys are understanding kind of the depth, whether it be at edge or interior and some of the linebackers. Backers and, and we have to have that depth because they need to stay fresh for the entire game. Um, so, you know, and offensively, um, I think that's where you see it, uh, where, you know, you got more of the same guys on the football field and that um, that uh, just that ability to have that stamina to last for four quarters. Um, I do feel like, you know, I've mentioned how, you know, we're leaner, but stronger and more powerful. Um, and so I think all of those things are correlated to, uh, you know, the conditioning and the work we've put in um, over the offseason. And I, I feel really good. And I know our guys feel good about where their bodies are at and what they're going to be capable of doing and how long they'll be able to do it. Coach, you're obviously part of a new coaching regime here, about to play in front of a fan base that's curious to see what they got, a fan base that watched the opener not go so well last year. Beyond winning the game, beyond executing your plays, how much do you just want to make a good first impression in, in front of this, this fan base? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the number one thing is just find a way to win. I mean, that is the most important thing. Just find a way. Um, and and uh, going into a first game, it isn't just because I'm here. I think uh, that's what that, that's the way I felt wherever I've been. And um, I'm always real with our guys, uh, and they, they've seen that. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell them the other team's awful if they're awful or the team's, you know, re really good if they're not. You know, I'm going to be it'd be uh, real up front. But um, we just got to find a way to win and uh, be ready to adjust. And, and it, you know, that comes by just focusing on and executing one play at a time and uh, you do that I think you know we're always going to respect uh, the way we kind of put it is we're going to respect our opponent um, and everything they have uh, but we're going to believe that we have it what it takes and um, you know respect all fear none you know I hear that hear that a lot and that's really I think the way we look at it what does success for you look like in your one uh, I don't know if I'm ready to gauge that as far as like a wins or losses. Um, what I want to just see is uh, the continuation of what we're doing right now. Um, just um, the growth, you know, the belief, um, you know, uh, we know, you know, there's going to be adversity. So what's that response look like to adversity, whether it's in the course of a game or after a game in between weeks? Um, you know, uh, the guys know uh, that, um, you know, I've put it this way, the national champions, um, at every level of football uh, or other sports, um, there's adversity that those teams face throughout the course of the year the key, and, and in a game. Um, the key is is that you make that adversity and that time that you're going through it uh, temporary 
and you do that by just having a mindset of getting it back on your side as quick as you can or working through it and sticking together if it's something that's a little more a um, little little tougher to work through so um, some of it you know most of the adversity we can control uh, our response and some of it uh, you know is just not the response itself but some of the things that we can't control whether it be an injury or something like that so um, I don't want to gauge that I think uh, you got to catch some breaks along the way um, by staying healthy and, and so forth but uh, you know I just want to see a continuation of what we're doing because I really like the direction we've been headed and um, you know it's time to play a game to see where we're at too so we can uh, keep taking those steps and be able to address the areas where maybe uh, maybe, maybe there are some you know the weaknesses okay, so Frank, do you know the best way to Big week for the scout team, huh? Yeah, uh, Sermon. Uh, uh, Camden is running the, the scout team because he can he can run around a little bit and he can throw it. So he's doing a really good job. Scout teams have been awesome. Did you know any backstory on how this game was scheduled? Did Peterson put it in place? I, do, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, you named uh, three transfers like just from the spring, uh, team captains from the fall. What have those guys shown from a leadership standpoint that um, helped them earn that, that title? Yeah, I, I really got to credit our team. Um, they 100% voted. The coaches didn't even have any votes. Um, the, the players voted. Normally, I would uh, try to keep it at four captains, um, but there were certainly six guys, and these six guys were the ones that were – clearly above the rest of the team um, and I give our team credit because uh, as you mentioned there's a uh, or I know that's been been seen is that there are some guys that uh, haven't been around you know longer than a, a couple months a couple months uh, in Wayne's case and um, you know uh, eight or nine months in some of the other guys so I give them credit because they see the the leadership abilities that these guys have they see and have welcomed them in with open arms to where there wasn't this long like oh you got to do this before you're really a, a husky you know and um, I credit our team um, you know and try to facilitate that environment but uh, that's an environment and that's something that uh, the brotherhood we call it you know that exists already um, I think it's really cool um, you know you got five guys that are in there last year for sure and they've been through it you know and they some of them are six-year guys AC you know Jackson um, and then you got guys like Wayne who've been team captains and Cam Bright who have been team captains uh, and understand what that looks like and I don't think that had anything to do as far as our team knowing that they were team captains they just uh, really respect what those guys bring to the table and uh, they've not been afraid to stand up whether it be uh, in their uh, you know offense defensive meetings or special teams meetings um, or as a team they've been getting in front of the team and saying what they need to say Michael's the same way so um, Jeremiah Martin um, has done that uh, you know since the spring consistently and uh, yeah, I thought the team did an awesome job of picking these six six young men to lead us can you go those guys uh, okay, with the, especially with Jackson knowing his situation for this week what have, what have you seen out of him yeah, he. Um, I think it was hard in the spring when he was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen. Um, but 
he still just has this, uh, you know, this confident swagger about him. And then it's just so important and the players know that. And so, uh, you know, he's just continued to, um, you know, only take even bigger steps in his leadership since, uh, since, um, you know, what was that in May, I think, or was it June when we made the announcement? Uh, you know, it was May, I think, uh, as far as him being able to come back. So um, he just bleeds purple. Um, he's so strong and all his work that he puts in, um, he knows it, the players know it, and uh, makes it easy for him to lead and ask things uh, of others and hold them accountable to to what they're doing when he already does that on his own. You guys have brought, brought him along gradually back from, from the injury. Is he good to go for week two? Yeah, we're working still. I mean, just every day, we're just trying to get, um, you know, get him ready for week two, knowing what we had going into week one here. Um, we just, you know, don't want to push it too much. And so, uh, you know, that's the expectation is that he'd be able to get out there um, week two in some capacity there and, and help us out. You had Lawyer Malloy in recently. Uh, can you share any of that with us and anybody planned this week? Yeah, I know. He's, uh, we probably won't bring too many others in during the week. Um, there, there might be some times, you know, on a Friday night or something at the right time. This first week being a first game for us as a, as a new staff with, uh, you know, it coming on, uh, we probably won't bring any guest speakers in for Friday night, but not afraid to do that. And, uh, you know, Lawyer is just one of those guys. Um, he was open to us uh, in the early months when we first got here and came on campus and did some videos videos for us uh, we really um, appreciate all he's done and you know there's a there's a there's a heart heartbeat to him uh, that's different and uh, you know our guys know it and I know it and when he comes and speaks to the team um, they just feel the passion he has and and also just the way he did it and how long he was able to do it in the NFL um, there's a lot of things that we can learn and uh, we, you know we want to make everything about growth moments while we're learning the history of this program and and um, you know really um, you know acknowledging and how, how some of these great players that went through this program did it and and who they are. Speaking of that, did you, the ad that you put out, was that something, did you do that also at Fresno? Uh, we did not. I mean, it's a whole different set of circumstances. We had about uh, three weeks to get ready for a game there, you know, so it was most, mostly focused on um, that was COVID, you know, of 2020. So a little different set of circumstances. You have more time to work through some things and think through it. And K Kaylin, uh, Ryan was saying earlier that the mechanics day to day of the job don't really change as you move up the ladder, Division Three, Division Two, and it doesn't really matter. That now that you're, you know, you're about to start your Power Five career, has anything changed in the way you approach a season? Um. No, I mean, I think there's just there's more people to make sure that are just on the same page. That's really what it is. It's a it's a bigger group. And, uh, you know, if you put your pillars and you make those people that you just know you can count on day to day, whether it's your strength conditioning coach or, you know, like a Ron McKeefree or Courtney Morgan, your coordinators. I mean, and everyone has such a huge role. But once you uh, uh, set those roles, um, you know, uh, and and. They just, you know, just what I, what I think is so important is to turn it over to them and uh, every coach and just let them own it. Let them um, let them be who they are. And um, when they uh, own it, it's amazing um, how it can grow exponentially better than what it was if you just micromanaged it every single day. And so, um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the recruiting, you know, obviously is much more intense, um, you know, on all levels, whether it's the contacts or, you know, the communication um, or just the, the plan and the bigger plan itself and, and more details. Um, there's a lot more to it. Caleb, you have a, I know Ryan was talking about being up in the booth and how he wants kind of more of that, that environment away from the energy and the heat of the moment. Yeah. How, how do you kind of like to divvy up your, your coaches in terms of who you'd like to have up there as opposed to the energy that you want out on the field? Yeah, no, I let the coordinators really lay out what they would like to have. And, um, and there's some there's some uh, enough continuity where we've had even GAs uh, with coaches at different places, um, QCs at different places, uh, and so they they have some restrictions that they they have as far as uh, being on headsets and stuff. But um, you know. I let the coordinators pretty much tell me what their wish list is. And then it's all got to fit into special teams too, you know, and our special teams coordinator uh, being Eric Schmidt, you know, keep him on the field. And, and most of the defensive staff or all the defensive staff from a, from a full-time standpoint will be on the field because um, their roles are also important and they're involved in other things, not just, uh, not just, um, not just the defense itself, but uh, different special teams roles. So who will be up in the booth from the defensive? You'll have your GAs be up there. And again, they're not just guys that are first years off first years off of, uh, you know, um, off the field. You know, these are guys that have been around football for a while and, um, you know, understand, uh, understand uh, you know, what we're doing on a high level.